Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Today, I am excited to have my friend Lynn Louise Larson with me. And just like every episode, there's going to be several different things that you're going to get out of today's episode. And again, like normal, we never know where we're going to go. So make sure whatever you do, stick around and listen to this entire episode. Because when you do, you're going to learn some things that are going to be practical takeaways that are going to help you have a better life. So with that, let's roll the episode. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. Hey, Lynn Louise, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited about this conversation because I just adore um, interviews. Not only does it give me the opportunity to help others, but I learn so much through them. So thank you so much for having me here. That's why I love doing this. This is this is one of my favorite things to do because I, I I have a couple of beliefs, one of which is we all have stories to tell and we can all learn from others' stories, right? And 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 by doing that, we find out that hey, we're not so different from everybody else. I hear you. And, right. And and watching or seeing and hearing other people's stories help us know what's possible for us, you know, as well. And that if other people can make it through certain challenges in their life, it means we can make it through challenges in our life as well. So, so I'm excited to be with you. Cause like I said, there's so many things that we are like right in line with. So let, let's just kind of, let's just kind of jump in. Let's, let's give people a little background on you you know, kind of your origin story and how you kind of got to where you are today, uh, because I think that's going to help a lot of people and it'll get us into the discussion of some practical ways that people can can use this in the in their own life. 
Oh, wonderful. I love sharing my story because I think it's very relatable to a lot of people. And it is definitely the reason why I do what I do today, um, which is I help coaches and healers dominate their business so that they can, you know, spread transformation around the world, but they don't really need to know any more strategy. I just help them tap into their, a new mindset because we know growing a business is 90% mental, 10% um, strategy. So I help them do that. But much like everyone else on this planet, I popped out onto the planet, you know, clean slate, no belief systems, nothing. But and then you start getting programmed. And then I totally started learning all this shit that wasn't right. You know, yep. like oh, you're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're not old enough. I mean, all of these things that are told to all of us by well-meaning caretakers or parents to keep us safe. But um, I had all these really big dreams when I was young. I wanted to join the Peace Corps. I wanted to travel the world. I want to transform lives. For those that love astrology, I'm an Aquarius. So I was all into that, right? Like, I'm going to transform the world. And but, it is the age of Aquarius, by the way. I know. You don't think I know that? <laughs> I know. It's a great song. I love that song. Right? So anyway. So I, um, I had all these really big plans, but at the age of 15, I was sexually assaulted by an upperclassman and close friend. And while I know that it was not my fault, my brain, cause I'm all into brain science. So we're going to talk brain today. My logical brain said, no, 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 it wasn't your fault, Lynn. You know, it, 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 you didn't ask for this. You didn't need, you know, it wasn't something that you could have planned on or anticipated. But my subconscious brain was telling me much different stories and it, and it created much different meanings and belief systems around those stories. And one of the biggest ones was you can't trust yourself. Mm. So I began to stop making the big decision-making for myself. And what that looked like was I started listening to professors, uh, counselors, all these people. And they're like, you're good at accounting, go to university, study numbers, climb the corporate America ladder, you know, get a good job, all those things. And that's what I did. I left behind <laughs> The dream, you know okay. what I'm talking about. Well, I do. And so I, I didn't know that about you before, but I have an accounting degree. I am a CPA in two states here in the US. That was my career track as well for exactly the same reason. It's like, get an accounting degree, get a good job, blah, 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 blah. So you have exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And okay. So Right. So yeah. I did, I did all the things I climbed the corporate America ladder. I landed a beautiful corner office in San Francisco on the 44th floor. It was, had a good boyfriend, uh, was making really good money, could do the things I wanted to do and live the way I wanted to live. Right. So that's what my life looked like from the outside, but on the inside was a much different story because I was living in extreme emotional eating. I was emotionally drinking. I was compulsively buying things and having immediate buyer's remorse. I would think that if I just bought the right dress, it would make me feel pretty. And then the next day I'd feel guilty about that. And then I'd punish myself with running like longer runs, emotionally eating at night, and then going out with the girlfriends on the weekends, living in this continual stress and fight or flight 
living in overwhelm, fear, anxiety, depression, sadness, and all the while putting on this front that, yeah, things are good, right? Like things are great. And one afternoon I was standing in my corner office. It overlooked the Golden Gate Bridge. And I absolutely, it's this beautiful vista. I used to do it every afternoon. But on this particular day, I'm standing there and I felt like my world was falling apart. I felt like I was an imposter in my life. I didn't know how the fuck I got there. And I sure as hell didn't know how I was going to maintain this facade. I felt like I didn't belong in this position. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was extremely depressed. I was just overwhelmed as hell. And all of a sudden, as I'm standing there, I realize I had climbed the wrong mountain. I had climbed what other people had told me and I didn't follow my destiny. And I wish I could say that all of a sudden I made that decision and everything started to come together, but it really didn't. Like I had to start doing all this self-development. I had to really dive in. And I'm from the generation where we did have internet at that time, but it wasn't like Google was just like in every office in every place, right? So it was more like going to Barnes and Noble and there were no such thing as life coaches online. So over the course of like 10 years, I did a lot of trial and error. I did manage to get myself out of corporate America by first starting a direct sales company, which was incredibly fantastic. And that's where I found my love and my desire to help people that want to transform the world, make a shit ton of money, because I want to create better quality of life for them so they can create better quality of life for everyone else and raise the frequency of the planet, right? So that enabled me to leave corporate America. And then that position allowed me to branch out on my own and create my own business, helping coaches and healers. Well, and it's interesting because I, I, I want to go back a little bit and hit on a couple of the things that you just said, because um, I see myself in your story, right? And, and I think a lot of other people see themselves as well, right? Because what ends up happening, same thing happened to me, climb up in corporate America. You know, I started in public accounting, became an executive at several companies in corporate, and, and you work your way up, you just keep climbing the ladder, right? And then you get to the top of the ladder. I love that, that example, whether you're climbing to the top of a mountain, I've always heard climbing up a ladder, you get to the top of the ladder, you look around and you're like, what the fuck? I'm on the wrong building, right? I'm on the I wrong mountain. Here? Yeah. How did I get here? So much imposter syndrome, right? Like I was like, how did I manage to do this? And I'm 30, mm-hmm. right? You know how? a shit ton of hard work and hustle, long hours, 70, 75 hours in the office, like just barely getting by, feeling like you're living life like on this edge. And at any given moment, it's going to teeter and you're just like, everything's going to be gone. Well, and I think it's interesting because like you said, the, you had externally the ideal life. I mean, San Francisco is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I mean, I love it. I'm in Southern California, but 
you know, sitting there and looking at the Golden Gate Bridge, the bay, everything else, you, like you said, you had a good job, you were making good money, corner office, great boyfriend, everybody would be like, Lynn, you got it made, girl. You made it. You made it, right? And on the inside, though, remind people again, how were you feeling on the inside? Oh, my God. I mean, it doesn't even give it justice because... I was living in this continual, like, if you imagine like a serpent eating its own tail, a mm -hmm. fight or flight, like I was just, I felt like I was being eaten alive by my emotions. I, I was always trying to run from feeling the feelings and I'll go into that a little bit later. But if I felt like I would wake up and I'd immediately feel anxious or overwhelmed and get to work and be planning on how am I going to do external things to try and solve this internal problem. So it was like, oh, Mexican food and a margarita for lunch. Okay, a Coca-Cola for a snack in the afternoon. I'm gonna go for a run after, and then I'm gonna go out with the girls and blow, air quote, blow off some steam, right? And so it was like, uncomfortable moment, distracting behaviors, uncomfortable moment, distracting behaviors. And it just, group it's like a snowball and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until it began to lead to health issues i had massive weight loss um i was getting migraines which i never had um just a lot of really physical challenges that were coming along with living in that situation of being so depressed and sad and knowing that this isn't, I didn't want to be making corporations ginormous amounts of money, but when you're in a position like this, and I bet you can imagine, how do you change that? I got here, I got, I'm here, but how am I supposed to start brand new? Well, and but especially, I did it. <laughs> yeah, you, you did it. I've done it. I mean, it, lots of other people have done it. But, but there is, you know, I know when you were talking at the beginning, you know, you start off as this little baby and then we get taught these things. Right. And so the problem was, it was the same thing for me, right. To where you get to a certain point, you've done what everybody else around you is telling you that you need to do and you're making good money and you've been taught that's the only way to make money. Right. I mean, again, for me growing up, I was kind of taught that same thing. You go to college, you get a degree, you work for a company, you put your head down, you put in your 30, you know, 40 years, you get your pension. That's what life is about, right? And if it sucks, well, hey, you know what, kids? Sorry, but that's just life, right? You life those, sucks, right? You and got then those you die. four weeks vacation. What are you complaining about? Oh, hell, I had six weeks of vacation, but I could never take it. Uh-uh. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's interesting what, what you were saying, because I, you know, I, I see myself, I did the same thing. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening can see the same thing. You know, you have this uncomfortable, uncomfortable time. You get distracted a little bit, uncomfortable moment. You get distracted. The problem is most of us, the distraction, like you said, is external. It's blowing off steam. Right. So, so you end up, you know, drinking. Because that's one of the ways that a lot of people turn to drinking, shopping, drugs, you know, sex, other things like that to try to numb ourselves from what 
from the outside. Only the problem is, right, we, we get on this little hamster wheel and all of a sudden we're having a couple of glasses of scotch at night. And before we know it, we're drinking a whole fifth of whiskey at night. And then it starts to really suck, mm -hmm. right? Because then, you know, you go to bed, you wake up hungover, you've got a headache, you've got to go through and do it all again. You know, you're, you're, it's the whole popping pills at night to go to sleep, popping pills in the morning to wake up and get yourself going. Right. And that's, that is, unfortunately, it's a reality for a lot of people mm -hmm. that are out there. Right. So, so I know you said you had kind of 10 years of trial and error. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that because like I said, I, you know, you and I kind of come from the same vein. And so we, we already know it's not changing those external things that makes a difference. It's changing the internal things. So, so what we're going to talk about, and I'm sure what you're going to share is uh, it, it might be 180 degrees different than the people that are listening think it's going to take for them to get out of this pit that they've dug for themselves. So everybody listening, just hold on, right? <laughs> you might, you might hear us say some things and you're like, you guys are full of shit. Well, just hold on, because I promise, you know, it's gotten both of us through this. It's gotten lots of other people we know through it, and it can get you through it, too. But you got to be open, open minded to it and actually do the work. So so what did this kind of look like for you? I mean, how did, how well, did you get for me? It was a lot of trial and error, which is really lucky today that people don't have to go through that because of the ability to find amazing coaches online and help them through that. And even like within businesses. So I'm not like, I don't teach strategy as a business coach. I teach the mindset part because that is the part that links the strategy that you need into place. And so I had to do like a lot of reading. I went through a lot of phases. Um, I had a lot of different coaches. Like first it was all about, you know, getting a handle on my weight and getting healthier. And through that, I started learning about what's going on on the inside, what I'm thinking. You know, I went through a lot of different phases over that 10 year span. So I didn't have access to all the solutions that are out there now, all these online opportunities. So I had to do it through trial and error and finding different books. I went to back then it was therapy. It was really hard to find life coaches, but I started diving in first to what I wanted to create in my external life and through the methods that were taught. And really what was the catalyst behind me going to the inside job was knowing that I needed to get a handle on my physical health, my well-being, um, from the everything that was happening from all my stress. And so I hired my very first coach was about my body. And from there, she was the one that started teaching me about what was going on in, inside the brain. Um, not from brain science aspect, but just by, you know, kind of an Abraham Hicks approach. But that's really what got me excited because I began to realize the power of the mind, the brain, and I wanted to know more. And so I really started deep diving into the brain science of it all and figuring out how we got, how I got there and what needed to change. 
and what needs to change on a daily basis in order for, for me not to continue that pattern. And so that's what I did. I dove deep into it and I understand it. And that's what I share in, in my program. Because I believe that once you really understand the way thoughts and belief systems are formed and how we get into that fight or flight, it allows us the power to change it. It gives us the knowledge to be able to start transforming it. And so I always share this to give people hope for their own transformation, because this isn't like some woo-woo shit. This is literally brain science. And a majority of people walk around not even considering the power of the brain or they conceive like, okay, the brain, it's an organ, it's a decision maker. And that's as far as it goes, but you can keep, you can, I can keep the description or I can help you understand the brain without going into like super technical jargon, because it's really important to understand that you're not making decisions from your logical brain. We think we are, but we are not. We're not. It all comes from the subconscious. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things that when you finally realize that, and, and again, I don't know if it's just, you know, we've been programmed to think as humans, we're so smart. We have this cognitive brain and none of the other animals does. And so that makes us, you know, superior. And so we can only rely on our logical brain. And it's like, that is such bullshit, <laughs> you know, and, and, and to give, you know, like you said, I mean, most of, most of our decisions are made subconsciously without our consciousness ever being brought into it. We find excuses later for why we made the emotional decision, right? Because we have to somehow justif justify it. But what I, what I wanted to do, and, and, and this, you know, again, we can go there, not go there, you tell me, but I, I wanted to kind of use, you know, you said your first coach was somebody to help you with, with your body, with mm -hmm. your weight. Okay. Mm -hmm. And right. so I want to, I want to kind of use this because, and let's dig into this deeper, because again, the work that I do, and you know, you and I kind of know this, there were other reasons why it was difficult for you to lose weight and it had nothing to do with mm -hmm. the weight right so again most people when they think well i need to lose 50 pounds so i'm just going to go run i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to do all these things and sometimes that works in the short term but unless you remove the underlying thing it ain't gonna change, right? So let's, you've already done the work. And again, like I said, share what you feel comfortable sharing, but I think this will be helpful for people to understand because the reason you gained the weight was not was because I was overeating. No, and it mm -hmm. wasn't, and it wasn't probably the reason you thought mm -mm. going into it, right? So, so fill us in on that because Again, I've already picked up some things on that, you know, but mm -hmm. tell, tell your story. Okay. So I'm going to get all preachy here. 
because the diet industry destroys lives flat out. Like it tells you deprivation and creating strict diets is the way to lose weight. And it's absolutely wrong. And so you find people yo-yo weight loss, you know, yo-yo weight gaming. And previous to having that coach, um, my, the direct sales company I was in was nutrition and fitness. And I was, I'm a, uh, I'm a marathoner. And so, um, we had a lot of external circumstances happen where we moved, uh, to a new city. There was a lot of stress involved. I didn't have the ability to run as much. And so I was not accommodating, uh, making adaptions for the calories in calorie out. Right. And I gained some weight and then I realized I can't do it the way I was before. Cause I was highly, um, uh, highly conscious about deprivation. Like I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I have to run this much. If I eat a cookie, that means two miles more on the road, da, 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 da. all that internal bullshit. Right. So I knew when I was going into it, I'm like, I can't do this that the way I've been doing it. I had no desire to go back to extreme calorie counting and all that. And so when I went into it, I became the student. I was like, teach me, how do I get this? The first part, you have to love what you already have. You have to love your body chill out, take a beat and just accept it for what it is. And you have to get out of the fight or flight. Now with her, I didn't go into any of the brain science stuff. That's really what began to transition things. But once you like move out of, I'm making bad decisions. I'm, you know, like all those self-judging snarky inner critic voices. Once you begin to release those and not listen to them and debunk those belief systems that aren't supporting you, you begin to move out of that fight or flight can always being self-judging. So she had us do some simple exercises that I'm sure every life coach out there does make a list of your limiting beliefs and then debunk them on the other side. Right. And so that's what really got the, the ball rolling because I would say like my limiting beliefs that were always going on in my head, you're not committed, right? And then I debunked it. I'm a marathoner. You can't not be a committed person and marathon, right? And run 26.2 miles, right? Right. Yeah. So I would debunk to these and I was like, there's something to this. What is it? And, and what I noticed is sure I could debunk it, but it didn't get rid of the voice. Uh -huh. Right. So even though my logical brain said, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. My subconscious where all those limiting beliefs are formed was just like, nope, it's true. So why even try? Stop doing that. It's not worth your time. Right. It was always trying to talk me out of continuing the process. So that's really what became very interesting to me is why can I do these? write down this list and debunked it, but still not change the inner voice or the belief systems around it. So I wanted to go deeper. And so I did. Well, and as you, as you go 
deeper? What are some of the ways that you went deeper and what did you find out? So I really got involved in the brain and then, you know, I continued that journey and became a master hypnotist, a certified master hypnotist. Mm -hmm. And that gave me incredible insight to the way the brain works. And here's the thing that logical brain that we believe that we're making decisions from every day has a very finite memory. It's very limited while our subconscious where our beliefs about ourselves, our capabilities, the world, all those and our habits are stored. That subconscious has infinite memory and it remembers everything since birth. And this is important to know because it's supposed to do that. It's like the record keeper, record keeper of linear time. It's meant to protect us. So it has to remember what danger is and how it remembers what danger is, is by how we feel. So every time we get that uncomfortable physical feeling, it goes, ah, oh, red flag, alert, alert, Will Robbins. You got to do something. Let's distract her from this or, or let's don't let her go there. And so while a lot of the times, uh, well, in the past, it might've been something that was life-threatening, right? Created a number of these emotions, like my sexual assault created new meanings and emotions and behaviors around it. Any of the emotions or meanings and behaviors that were created around that sexual assault over years and years and years and years and years just kept validating it because if I ever felt anxious or sad or overwhelmed or confused, it would create a physical feeling. And then my subconscious would say, we don't like this feeling, do something. Do a distracting behavior so you don't feel it. So here's what it would look like. It goes, so while as I got older, I didn't have life-threatening life situations, it would be like the fear of doing a Facebook Live for my business, right? Or, you know, I have dyslexia. So I had a lot of anxiety about writing. And it would go, don't post it. Perfectionism gets in the way, right? Or procrastination, don't do it. What's going to happen if you post that out there and something's wrong with that? What are people going to say? And so my subconscious would grab a hold of that and it would create these physical feelings like shortness of breath, you know, like, oh my God, what are people going to think? And then it would go, hey, Lynn Louise, remember that time that you felt that way? felt this way and you had that glass of wine and it made you feel better why don't you go do that right and so I would go do that and the next time it would say oh Lynn Louise remember that time of that time you felt this way and you ate a piece of cake and it made you feel better why don't you go do that and so what happens is this is distracting behavior it would even say Remember that time you went for that long run and it made you feel better? Go and do that. This is why I tell my clients, the first thing you have to do is remove any meaning, good or bad, around distracting beha behaviors because they are distracting you from feeling the feelings. Running is what I love. I love doing it, but I was using it as a distracting behavior. And by doing that, it becomes very destructive.
So that's what leads us into this fight or flight lifestyle. It goes, oh, don't do that. Don't do that Facebook live. Why don't you distract with something? Instead, why don't you go grab something out of the fridge? Instead of doing that, you know, I always talk about business stuff because I work with it. Instead of prospecting for clients, why don't you distract by like binge watching Netflix? It makes you feel better. Go watch an episode of, you know, Big Bang Theory. So what happens is stress, fight or flight, stress, fight or flight, stress, fight or flight, right? Or stress, distracting behavior, stress, distracting behavior. And it just continues to build and build and build until we're living in a continual fight or flight. Well, that's, that's why so many people feel so exhausted because we're literally, you know, we feel like we're running away from a bear all day long, right? And because yeah. With, the with toll those... that it has on your body, yeah. you know, you're releasing when you're living in fight or flight, you're releasing. And this was my challenge. This is the biggest challenge, dangerous hormones and chemicals into your system 24 hours a day, because if you believe that your subconscious takes a break when you go to bed, you're wrong. It is working in overtime, right? So even while you're sleeping, it's in that cycle, just continually leaving toxins and creating health issues, weight gain, gallbladder issues, digestion, gut health, constipation, all kinds of crap. Literally. <laughs> so it's, well, you bring up constipation because it's funny because yeah, you know, how, how much of the time the body, the body is just responding to what we're emotionally feeling. And so even something as simple as constipation, it's funny because when people are constipated, it's usually because there's some emotional or energetic block that is then transferring itself into our gastro system, right? And we all know how good it feels to finally not be constipated, right? Well, it's the same thing energetically as well. So, so yeah, because what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, right, is that, you know, and again, I'm sure everybody can, can relate to this, right? We, we distract ourselves, and our subconscious is doing that to try to protect us, right? But we distract ourselves, and, and the reason that it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger Right. Kind of like what you were talking about before when you were in the corner office, things were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Because we know we know we should prospect, let's say, right, to use that example that you had. But no, I don't really feel like it because it's uncomfortable. So I'm going to go watch Netflix. So we go watch Netflix. Then when we come away from that distracted behavior, we're like, shit, I didn't prospect. I got a prospect. Nope. Some other distracting behavior. And then all of a sudden, we realize that we've gone two weeks without ever prospecting. Now it's like, holy shit, I don't have any money because there's no sales coming in because I've been distracted for the whole time. So your anxiety level is even higher at that point, right? And we've got to kind of do that pattern inter interrupt, realize kind of where we're at, you know, love what you already have and accept. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the first steps. But I think it's interesting, too, because as you were talking about weight and the minute that you said that, I went, ah, and I remembered your sexual assault when you were 15, because, again, this is this is one of those things that I know as a hypnotist, you help people through this kind of stuff is sometimes there's a trauma like that that happens and it is so deep seated 
that your subconscious doesn't want to let go of it. And this, especially for women, you know, translates. I mean, again, if I'm full of shit, tell me, but I've seen this from a lot of You're women. You're on the right track. You're yeah, on the right is track. That <laughs> especially if you have been sexually assaulted, subconsciously you gain weight to try to make yourself not attractive right to other people because you feel like if i'm overweight if i'm not attractive nobody else is going to do that to me again it definitely can be a symptom but every woman processes things differently right like i didn't ever have a weight issue like that but Right. But that doesn't mean that it didn't represent in other areas of my life. Like Mm -hmm. there were some, Mm -hmm. like I use there, I started by drinking and when drinking wasn't, you know, hitting the spot, I went to drugs when drugs weren't and I quit. I went to, you know, I got old enough that I was like, I can't do this. I'm an adult now. Then I went to emotional eating and back to drinking and like there are different things that happen, but it's so much on a subconscious level, like, because we don't have the awareness. We don't have the knowledge of how that original trauma affects us long-term. Mm-hmm. And especially the reality is it's like one and five women are sexually assaulted. Those are the ones that are reported. Mine wasn't reported. It was by my best friend. I was 15. I thought I was an adult. I was the furthest thing from an adult, right? But I didn't tell anybody because I was like, oh, it must be my fault or weird or whatever, right? So there's all these women out there that are masking and hiding and trying to recover and help themselves through something like this, or even their domestic partners doing it to them, right? So there's all this trauma in our culture when it comes to like, we're a rape culture. It's really disgusting, but we are. And so there's all these wounded women out there operating and trying to heal themselves. And I, I see this a lot, like we all know, like psychologists practice psychology, like learn it so that they can heal themselves. Same thing with life coaches. Like why do people get involved in life coaching to begin with? Because they wanted to heal themselves. And then when they saw that it was working, then they wanted to help other people through it. Right. In all sorts of different traumas and whatever, but it creates our subconscious. What it does is it just wants to keep us safe. Like it doesn't like anything unpredictable. It doesn't want, even though doing a Facebook live is not sexual assault. It says this feeling feels like if you do this, you might die. So Mm -hmm. let's not do that. I can't predict the future, but I can keep you where you are. And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest challenges, and this is why my, this is why um, helping women and like anyone make a lot of money is because through my sexual assault, strangely enough, after all the journey, the biggest way it kept me small was through money fears, and it wasn't because. I had the belief system that money doesn't grow on trees that, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be rich or anything like that. It went back to a core level belief system that if I don't have money, I'm not safe and I will die. So every day I was looking at my bank account 
to see, it didn't matter if I had a million dollars in there or $3 million or uh, $3. I would look at my account and I would see what I did not have. Mm. And I would go, what's going to happen? Like if I have emergency or what happens? And it didn't matter how much was in there. And I saw both. I saw $3 and I've seen millions, right? Like it's been, it's like one of those scenarios where it's like really, and then I would lose it all. And then I'd gain it all. And then I'd lose it all. And then I'd, it was just like yo-yo weight gaining. It was yo-yo finances, but I was always living in a continual like stress factor that was created as a master hypnotist. I was able to go back and clear those belief systems so that I no longer have those money fears. And this is a big part of what I coach and what I work with people on because I realized that it all comes from two places, a fear of not being lovable or a fear of not being safe. And when we can really transform those belief patterns on a subconscious core level, we relieve that stressor and we can open ourselves up to allowing more money in because money in abundance comes through our self-esteem. And if our subconscious says that we're not worthy or that it might be dangerous for us to lean in because we're not worthy enough, we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough, then it's going to be very hard for us to really step into that pure abundance and open that funnel up to just like allow the people to come into our life that we want for clients. Well, and I think it's interesting because as you're, as you're talking about this, you know, and <clears throat> just to kind of set it, because again, some people might not be business owners that are listening to this, but what we're talking about can show up different ways in your life. Right. And so again, as I'm, as I'm sitting here, you know, talking to you, we all have experienced different things. Big T, little T trauma, right? So, it's all trauma. so we've, we've all experienced some trauma. Big T would be like sexual assault, right? Something major, but we all experience little traumas throughout our life that, cre that create these beliefs in us. And so, you know, especially, you know, like you're saying, so many people, life coaches, hypnotists, other people like that now that want to help people, right? And so there might be some people sitting there thinking, well, I can just think my way out of this, right? But let me, you know, they're called blind spots because you can't see them. Only someone else can help you see those blind spots. So just like you were talking about, you know, with your coach, with, with health, at the beginning or other things that you've done over time, I'm guessing that again, you had no idea that was what was behind it, right? So again, you were talking about your money issues, millions to $3, millions to $3. And you're sitting there going, what the fuck? Why can't I just keep the money, right? Mm -hmm. And consciously you're trying to process it. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to figure it out. This doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to figure it out. Well, you finally figured it out when you realized or you had somebody help you see that that sexual assault at 15 was one of those things that was subconsciously behind this. And once you cleared that, the world opened up, I'm guessing. Right. right? I mean, tell, you, you tell know, me. 
I do want to say like the day that I was standing in my San Francisco office, feeling like my world was shattering. My sexual assault was the furthest thing in my mind from my mind, because here's the thing I had healed from it. I could talk about it without crying. I did not have any attachments to that sexual assault. My subconscious did. Yeah. So consciously you'd cleared it, but you hadn't subconsciously cleared it. Yes. So it wasn't like, and, and I want to be clear too, when I talk, cause I do age regression hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go, when we take somebody back, we do not take them back to the initial trauma. We take them back before it even happened to empower them. So you're, you don't go through the experience again, but it, it allows you to clear the belief system that you are safe, that you are lovable, blah, 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 blah. And then you're good. That's a short version, <laughs> but, but um, I had no idea because when I, after I practiced and became a master hypnotist, um, one of my colleagues wanted to do hypnosis on me. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm always up for it. I love empowering people in hypnosis. And she wanted to get some good feedback, whatever. And so, um, when we did it, that, uh, we were doing it around money, my money fears, and it all went back to not feeling safe. And it's like, you don't put the two and two together. Like, how was I ever to believe that those two, like that event would have anything to do with me struggling financially? But well, you wouldn't. Did. I mean, logically, you wouldn't. You wouldn't no. think that. You'd never think that in a million years. No. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why, like I said at the beginning, right? I mean, everybody listening, right? Some a lot of times, it ain't what you think it is consciously, or you know, like you said, very very eloquently too. That a lot of times we've we've maybe cleared something consciously, but we haven't really cleared it subconsciously. And so that's why it still sticks around until we can actually do that. And that's where things like coaching and, and hypnotherapy and other stuff like that are, are ways to help us break through those things so much quicker than, like you said, you know, you and I are both old enough that it was going to Barnes and Noble and reading, reading that or going to therapy for years. I mean, I was just talking to somebody or listened to somebody uh, this last week. And this woman has been in therapy for 40 years. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Go take, go do some hypnosis. Is it not working? Well, it's anyway, it's no judging. We shouldn't, but at the same time, it's like, if that's not working, if you're not seeing results, try something new. And, you know, I do tell, and I do work with clients that have therapists and it like, you can work on something over and over and over for years, or you can go to a master hypnotist like me and clear it out in a matter of weeks, right? Like it's remarkable what it's scientifically backed, but what I do want people to understand too, is that this our journey as a human being, it's, it's never, it's a never ending self-development journey as long as you're on this planet. Right. So I will always have a coach that is helping me in my business, helping me in my evolution. 
you know, helping me become a better person because every day we have an opportunity to be and do better. And that requires somebody helping us see, continually see in those blind spots. And the one thing about the brain is that the brain is always its job. The subconscious's job is to survey your external environment and place meaning on things. So every day it is creating limiting beliefs. And unless you can, you learn the method to continually stop those belief systems and stop placing that meaning on it, you can do all the work, but you're still going to be creating limiting beliefs as you go along. So you want to have that method into place so that you don't create new limiting beliefs. Does that make sense? Yeah, because until we actually kind of break the cycle, the cycle continues, right? Mm-hmm. And and the and the more that we try it, I mean, it's that, that's where the the self talk comes in a lot too, right? Is that you know when when things don't go the way we think they should, that's when that negative self talk comes in. When the negative self talk comes in, you know, because you talked earlier about imposter syndrome you know, that's where some of that stuff comes from, because it's a negative self-talk of us beating ourselves up emotionally, that each time you do that, it creates that, you know, reinforces or creates a new limiting belief. It's when we switch and start doing things different, that that's when we start changing our stories, right? we're rewriting the stories, we're reprogramming the subconscious so that we can actually move forward viewing the world in a different place, right? Mm. And so again, you know, like in your instance, over your 10 years of trial and error, you somehow reprogrammed yourself to realize that it's okay to not be in the corner office. You're not going to die right? If you walk away from corporate America, if that's what you choose to do, mm-hmm. or if you choose, Hey, I, I like corporate America. That's great. Cause I want to help it from the inside, right? I want to be some of the change inside. That's fine too. Right. But instead of letting it eat you up and literally kind of kill you or drink yourself to death as a result of it, you can change, change your mindset, reprogram yourself so that you're not experiencing it the world in the same way that you were and it's definitely not anything that you can do alone no like nobody can well and and that's that's one of those things that you know again i think (laughs) even you know you talk about the industry the diet industry ruining lives i think a lot of times self-help uh, you know, industry does kind of the same thing. Cause even that term self-help makes you think you can just do it all by yourself. You can just, you can just go read a book. You can just go to some seminar one time, and then you've got everything you need for the rest of your life. It's a one and done deal. It's a one and done deal, right? It's, it's like, it's like, you know, somebody being a marathoner and, you know, you, you study and you, and you do all that stuff. And then, you know, you decide, Hey, I got it. I did it. And then you just stop running, you know, and it's like, well, of course I can run a marathon anytime I want to. I've done it before. Well, not if you haven't been doing the work and on something like a marathon, it's pretty hard to keep yourself motivated 
even to do it the first time, unless you got a little help from a coach, from other people that are mm-hmm. encouraging you to do it. Cause it's fucking hard to run a marathon. I haven't done it yet. It's on my bucket list, but you know, it's, it takes a lot of commitment and usually it requires people around you. It does mm-hmm. to help you do it. You know, I love that you bring that up because I never thought about the self-development that way. And you're absolutely right. It makes you believe that you can do it by yourself, that you can transform. It is your responsibility to do the things and transform. But really, I just really stress to people like having a mentor or a coach is such a valuable thing throughout your life. You can't, you can't know what you don't know. And you can't learn it through a book. Well, and there's no reason to be embarrassed by needing the help. And right. having a community of like-minded people that are doing the same thing is so powerful. Yeah, because yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, again, imagine a professional athlete. It's like, no, I'm good. You know, I, I won a gold medal or I, I did something. I don't, I don't need a coach anymore. I'm just going to do it by myself. Think they're ever going to win another gold medal <laughs> without right. the help i mean i've i don't know anybody in the sports world I, I could probably say this pretty confidently right there is no one in the sports world who has won a championship a gold medal anything like that that doesn't have people helping them right either it's a team sport so there's other people from the team there even if it's an individualized sport, there's coaches, there's other people that you're using that are helping you to get there. Uh, I think about, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Dwayne Johnson. I think he's just mm-hmm. an amazing, beautiful individual. And I follow him on his social media and you look at him, he still has a personal trainer, right? Mm-hmm. Look at, he like is dedicated, he's committed, he goes and works out in his gym every day. He still has a personal trainer to keep him on task, doing the things that he needs to do to maintain uh, the amount of health and nutrition and everything that he wants. There's never going to be a day that Dwayne Johnson doesn't have a personal trainer. No. Yeah. For his whole life, he probably will. Right. And again, but that's, that's why the dude is ripped. I mean, his arms are bigger than my legs. Dude's got an amazing body, right? Plus he's funny and he's a great actor and and everything else. He's totally high vibe. And if you think about it too, so Dwayne Johnson has um, spinoff companies, right? So he went into business with his personal trainer to create a whole line of stuff, one which includes an energy drink. There's another line like he has of tequila, like he promotes that he also, I can guarantee you on the back end has a business coaches. He's not like, yeah, I'm just going to wing it. I was talking to a woman the other day and she was like moaning and groaning about, you know, but it's just me, right? Like, oh, but it's just me. And I'm like, you think Dwayne Johnson just like all of a sudden became rich. He was, he was raised by a single mom. He had to overcome his own challenges, right? And I'm like, you just think that everything comes easy to him because he's famous. He had to start somewhere. Will Smith had to start somewhere. Everyone fucking has to start somewhere. So stop your, this is how I coach. I'm like, stop your moaning and groaning and start like 
taking action, inspired action. But I'm like, we all, I had to start somewhere. I didn't just all of a sudden like, oh, I have a successful business. No, you have to start at ground zero, just like everyone else, right? Oh, I think that that's an important point to bring home to people too, right? Is this is, it's evolution and transformation over your life. It's not a quick fix, right? And so, like you said, I mean, if you take Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson or other people, it's like people see his success and, and it always makes me smile every time somebody thinks that somebody's an overnight success, you know, in music and acting and whatever, right? And it's like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe their chart, you know, maybe they, they hit the top charts, like Nirvana, right? It's like, oh, Nirvana is huge. They just blew up, right? And it's like, man, this band came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, they're, you know, top selling artist in the world, multi-platinum album. It's like, you don't realize how much work those guys did before it ever got to that point, just like Dwayne right. Johnson, right? I mean, single mom grew up. I'm sure he had his challenges growing up. Football, I, I believe he he played football Samoan, for a little he was while. Samoan, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he ends up going into wrestling, you know, and and even that, you know, making the switch from wrestling to being a serious actor. That was that wasn't mm -hmm. overnight for him right? either. But I want to say, I think last year he was the top paid actor in the world or pretty close to it. Oh, he was I love it. with with all of the different uh, movies that he's done with Disney and some other things like that. I think he was in the top three or four of highest paid actors. Uh, I love that you brought up Nirvana because so they came about when I was in my 20s. Right. And I remember seeing them as a no name band opening for a shitty band in a small bar in Denver, Colorado that nobody, right? Like they yeah. had to do the, they had to do the shitty circuits. They yeah. had to like start somewhere, right? And well, it, uh, it took yeah. them a few years of doing like not getting paid, riding on a bus with some crappy band that the crappy band doesn't exist anymore either, you know? Yeah. No, and there, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes in behind it because just like you, one of my friends, actually, he was he was up in Seattle, going to UW at the time, and that's why he said it was, you know, they went to some bar. Hey, this is cool band, you know, kind of thing. They go to this bar up there, and then literally like two or three months later, right the stratosphere. But they were playing the shitty place. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who they were. And, and so there is, there's a lot of hard work and commitment that goes into this as well. I love that you bring um, up commitment. Thank you. Yeah, because, because again, it's, you know, what we're talking about, you know, I'm not going to lie to anybody. A lot of the things are simple. They're not necessarily easy because mm -hmm. you have to be committed with it and you have to keep doing it. Yeah, commitment's so many, everything. So many people give up after a week or two. And then they blame whatever else instead of sticking to it. You know, that I just was, uh, this was the subject of my last coaching call with my Cosmic Collective. And I was saying, you know, look at what you're committed to. So many people are like, we're like Amazon Prime culture, right? Like, oh, uh, I'm going to go take this yoga class. It's going to transform my life today. And they go take the class. And then at the end of class, they don't see the results that they want. And they're like, that didn't work. I'm going to stop going. 
Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you have to put in the time and be committed to the process and you have to allow the process and enjoy the process to unfold and let go of the attachments that you have around what it means or that I always say, let go of the out, the attachment that you have to the outcome so that you can allow it to transpire in the way that it's supposed to, whether it's weight loss or getting a new job or developing a relationship or finding clients, whatever it is, you have to just allow it. And that's the hardest thing because we want to control every step of the way. Well, and I think that's, that's kind of goes back to this beautiful thing that I wrote down that you said that I think is, is one of the themes of what we've been talking about today is that you have to love what you already have too, right? And just kind of allow allow that, you know, obviously we have work to do, but if you never come to that point where you're grateful and love where you're at right now, it's, it's hard to go forward. If you're blaming people, if you're not doing the work, if, if you can't be grateful for what you have right now, it's hard to get off the hamster wheel. Cause a lot mm -hmm. of times that's part of what keeps the people on the hamster wheel and kind of why they need that little pattern interrupt to be able to help stop them and, I totally and get, agree. Them, get them going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Well, and as usual, I could keep talking for like hours and hours and hours. I know that's why like, I, I never used to, you know, at first it was like, why does somebody like Joe Rogan have a three or four hour podcast? Right. It's like, I can totally, <laughs> I could keep talking, but we both got to get back to, to our life. And I'm sure everybody that's listening does too, but you know, any, any final comments or ways that you'd kind of like to, to wrap up. There's been a lot of great information in this episode for people to digest. It's one of those they could listen to many times and you're going to get something different out of it every time you listen. I'll just give a little um, thing that you can do to begin to bring awareness around uh, those thought patterns that are happening. And it's just sitting and not sitting in meditation sitting in silence, no phone, no TV, no music, no pets, no kids, just sitting alone and allowing yourself to observe what you are thinking and not attaching meaning to it, not attaching self-judgment, just coming to an understanding that it's your subconscious and that awareness that you need to bring you out of letting it run the show. And I'm going to talk specifically to the people that have a meditation practice. We know that meditation is not a practice. It's a state of being. It is a way to live your life every day. So in that nice state of calmness, this is what the ultimate, this is what you ultimately want to achieve. But a lot of the times when we're practicing meditation it is training your brain, your subconscious to be quiet during that time, right? So if you wake up every day and you do your morning meditation around the same time every day, your brain says, Ooh, shh, everyone, she's doing meditation. Be quiet, be quiet, right? Because it's a habit. This is habit brain. What I'm telling you to do is be silent at some point during the time. So if you're normally doing meditation in the morning and that's the only time you do it, I suggest you try doing it at 3 p.m. in the afternoon and see if you get the same effect. Whenever you are creating a new AKA habit, 
you don't, don't want to incorporate your, let's call them rituals, like meditation, self-hypnosis, you don't want to keep them in the same pattern because your brain loves predictability and patterns. So if that habit becomes so predictable, it will become a habit in your brain, you will train to respond in that manner and you won't gain any more from your practice. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does because it, it effectively kind of becomes white noise at that point and the things like, hey. are, are not as effective as it used to be. It's the same thing, you know, like if you're a runner, if you ran the same exact route Distance. every mm -hmm. single day, that's, that's not going, eventually your body is going to acclimate and you're not going to, you know, get what you need versus that's why so many people mix up their training, you know, a little bit or do, I think it was called fartlek. I always love Yeah, that. I love fartleks. Fartlek is, it, it, I, especially as a teenage kid, you know, running cross country <laughs> when our coach talked us about fartlek, it's like fart, know, right? <laughs> right? But it's, it's speeding up and slowing mm -hmm. down as as you're running so you know same kind of thing that you don't you don't get back into effectively one of those unconscious patterns again. mindset is a muscle mindset is a skill set this is why it's so like this is why i really dive deep into like the brain and mindset with with coaches and and healers in business and this is even like in anything in life because it's a skill set just like everything else Yep. But it's the most valuable skill set you will ever learn because once you learn to master your brain, you can really operate from calmness. You can make decisions based on possibility. You can like always find the opportunities and leave behind the self-judgment or making decisions based in, in negative experiences and limitations from the past. But you can step fully into really what you want to create and know to the core that it's done, that it's happening, that there's like, no problem. I got this. You stop expelling energy on shit that is such a time waster, or I'm talking like physical energy and emotional energy. You want to take it big into the woo energy, whatever it is. It takes so much energy to operate in that fight or flight that once you release yourself from it, all it is, is opportunity. All it is, is possibility. Yeah. Well, Lynn Louise, thank you for coming on here and for talking. I had a great time. I'm sure everybody that listened had a great time as well. And yeah, seriously, everybody listening, you might want to go back and rewind this one because there's a lot of stuff packed into this particular episode. So how can people uh, reach out to you? Just let us let us know kind of that, you know, if they people can, are like, man, this is cool. I want to learn more about her. Cool How's beans. About cool beans. <laughs> cool beans. <laughs> you say cool beans. Somebody I totally say cool, cool beans. beans. All right, there we go. Um, so <laughs> they can, I have a podcast, the Cosmic Valkyrie podcast. I have a Facebook group, which is Badass, builders, badass build, Business Building for High Vibe. Um entrepreneurs. So I'll give you that yep. link. Um, I'm open. Like I have a website. I rarely give it out because who the hell looks at websites anymore, but it's the cosmic Valkyrie <laughs> website. Okay. Um, but my podcast, check out my podcast, come into my Facebook group, reach out to me in DMS. Uh, anyone's welcome. Friend me, 
whatever. Like I'm so easygoing. And my mission in this life is to really help people evolve. And so that's where my heart's coming from. So no judgment on others. Oh, that's why I love you. And I love people like you that, you know, there's a lot of us that are, we're just trying to make the world a better place, have a little revolution and, you know, not little. No, oh, well, okay. It's big. It's big. It's we're motherfucking the- big. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always say it's a typhoon of transformation. Ooh, I like that term. Right? I like that term. Yeah. But yeah, because there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people out there trying to help people. And so people who want help, there is help available, you know, out there. So reach out to Lynn, reach out to me, reach out to whoever resonates with you. But as we talked about, you can't do this by yourself. So and I have find, a, fe- yeah. find people that'll help you that, that resonate with you. And I have, uh, being that I help coaches and healers, I have a wonderful Rolodex of people that can help that are in those people. personal life. Yeah. Yeah. personal life and business but yeah wonderful wonderful so yeah we'll we'll make sure and put all your your contact info in, in the you. show notes as well so people can reach out but again thank you thank you very much thank you for, it was an uh, honor coming on here today and we just might have to have you back because i had a great time let's do it <laughs> <laughs> all right see you thanks thanks and that's a wrap thanks for listening The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.